0: Hi, I'm Beth, and I'm Leela, and we are are Both Anne, a podcast giving a voice to the multiracial experience in America by discussing relevant topics in a safe space.
1: Hello everyone, so Mother's Day is coming up this week at the end of the week, and we are so excited that today we have a special guest joining us on the podcast, so we're just going to jump right on in. It is our pleasure to welcome a woman who without her major contribution of life, absolutely none of this would exist. Give it up, in your cars or wherever you are, for Beth's mom, Miss Patty. (laughs) Miss
2: Patty, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Spending time for Mother's Day with my daughter and her husband. Yes, we're Mm -hmm. happy to have you here. Beth, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well. It's been fun hanging out, catching up with my mom. Because she lives out of state, so.
2: We don't see each other that often. No. So it's nice seeing
0: you in person rather than on my phone.
1: Right. So that's what we're going to talk about today, a mother's experience uh, raising a multiracial child. So, Miss Patty, why don't you tell us,
2: start from the very beginning when you met Beth's dad. Well, the first thing I have to say is it never occurred to me until someone pointed it out to me that we were multiracial. And oh, even wow. when I met him, I didn't think multiracial. I thought different ethnicity, different culture, mm-hmm. things to learn. And and I met him. I was introduced. My um, I had a second family. They had invested in an incubator program at RPI. Mm-hmm. And RPI is Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. And Ooh. Beth's dad, Kevin, mm-hmm. was um, he was in his he was working on his master's. He had finished his undergraduate degree. And he his program that he was using for his thesis mm-hmm. uh, was part of the incubator program at RPI. And that's where RPI basically helps foster these good ideas, innovative things, cool. and they'll give them sort of a business shield and protection for a period of a year or two. They get and help them start get investors. It's a startup, mm-hmm. and then they launch and it's kind of sink or swim. but oh, at the time, My second parents, Jane and John, had invested in this program, which Mm -hmm. was a musical instrument called Link. Oh, Back gosh. at LYNC. It was yeah. actually very cool. It's basically a keytar. Yeah, well, oh, Jan yes. Hammer um, used yeah. it, and yeah. s- other people, I mean, Michael Jackson's band had one. It was yeah. really kind of interesting. Michael Jackson gone too soon. But <laughs> anyway, so um, they had invested in it, and uh, Jane kept saying, you should meet this this guy, Kevin. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I should meet this guy, Kevin. I was, you know, I was like 27. I was mm-hmm. working a lot, and I had just finished um, or was starting a master's program myself at night. So I was there visiting them at their beach house um, over Labor Day weekend, and she had coincidentally (laughs) invited Kevin to come, and he came for the day. So we met on the beach, and then we actually followed each other back to Albany because I was going home that day since I had to work on Tuesday, and stopped um, on the way. It was torrential rain, so we pulled off, Mm -hmm. and then we had a cup of coffee at a Burger King on Route 17 (laughs) in uh, New Jersey, and decided we were going to get together
1: did your family ever was there ever like hey be cautious or like like be thinking about your children when you have children anything like that or is it just everybody was totally cool
2: no my grandmother she knew I was dating him and she was basically in in her last phase of life she Mm -hmm. um she was in a nursing home her mind was very good she was Mm -hmm. in her her late 80s but she had severe um, osteoporosis and she was bedridden so I would go visit her in the nursing home and one day I said to her, "I think it's getting very serious with Kevin." Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, "I have a picture of him. Would you like to see it?" And this is a woman who's was so depressed from her, you know, her physical state. Mm-hmm. She would lay almost in a fetal position in the in the bed, and you know, she would talk, but she just didn't want to live anymore. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she rallied, man. She pulled herself up. She looked at the picture first, and she was. And I said, "Okay, Nana. Yes, his eyes are." They're slit. He's yeah. got slit eyes, Nana. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, if you marry him, his children will have those. And then she laid back down and didn't want to talk about it. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, she passed away not too long after that, so Kevin ne- never met her. But he mm-hmm. was the only, she was the only one from mm-hmm. my family. And then your dad had said to me that Bachan, your grandmother, had always said to him, I know you're going to marry Hagajin which means (laughs) non-Asian. She said it's not the most flattering terminology. It would be like shiksa for a Jewish person. You know, mm -hmm, a non-Jew woman would be a shiksa Uh, for a Jewish husband. Yeah, shiksa. So haka and she said it's not really that flattering, but that's kind of how they would refer. And she said, I know you're going to marry haka Hmm. But her brother... Was the first. Two brothers married. Mm -hmm. um, Bill and Kaz. Bill and Kaz. Uncle, you know, Beth's great uncles. Both both of them married... Hagajin. right. So outside of the Oriental culture. Yeah. yeah, Caucasian women. So it wasn't like it wasn't already in the family. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I knew that they were very, uh, very staunch and wanted... Their sons, and eventually when their sons were married and had children, they mm-hmm. wanted them to be very familiar with their heritage, their mm-hmm. Japanese heritage. And they bought children's books for them, mm-hmm. and we did we did a lot of um, Japanese cultural experiences, and there was mm-hmm. a community in Bridgeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a cultural center that was set up that her great-uncle actually helped found. Two great-uncles. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, because... Yeah. Um, John. John and... Fumio. No, No. not Fumio. Yeah, Fumio. Yeah. Right, Fumio was a curator. He -hmm. he was a museum curator in California. Mm -hmm. He had worked at the Smithsonian at one point, but he was Mm -hmm. living in California. And then her other great uncle, John, they founded um, the Seabrook Cultural Education Cultural Center. They were proponents of it. And, I mean, if you go and research that on the web, you know, they Mm -hmm. have a lot of you know they did they actually founded it so it's pretty alive and well now but we would go to events there and Mm -hmm. went to the Japanese gardens and yeah we had a lot of cultural experiences and I still didn't think of us as an interracial family
0: yeah I mean you were really intentional growing up making sure you knew how to cook certain Japanese foods yeah Um, it was really fun learning (laughs) some of our um we would be in high chairs and he'd be feeding us and trying to teach us Japanese words. Yeah, furikakonori.
2: <laughs> That's a spice. It's like so, a seaweed, yeah. seaweed spice that you put on rice and things like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Teaching us those words to tell bachan and jichan. Mm-hmm. And, um, but did you ever feel like you had to then also teach us some things from your heritage like
2: well it happened I mean this the funniest thing so when Peter was born I was I had a, a really one of my favorite jobs ever it was a management job at a hospital he was born in September and then in November I had to go with our medical director and our administrative director we went on a trip And we were looking, um, we were going to educational stuff and looking for equipment because we were building this new outpatient imaging center. And we Mm -hmm. were getting like, I had to be gone for like five days. So Peter was only a few months old. So Mm -hmm. Bachan, his grandmother, took time off from work. And she came up and she babysat Peter Mm -hmm. while I was gone. And we left the Friday after Thanksgiving. We used to joke about about the heritage stuff because my maiden name is ryan so i'm you know i had this irish you know english you know all this european stuff going on but my Mm -hmm. dad you'd think we were only irish not so true (laughs) however so i remember coming home from chicago which is where the conference was uh this symposium and at the airport i saw a little bib and i saw little pants that go over a diaper And a t-shirt. The t-shirt said, I don't know, it had like a big shamrock on it. And then the pants on the back said, Irish mist, Irish mist, Irish mist. And I also (laughs) saw um, a shamrock. Christmas ornaments. So mm-hmm. I brought those home mm-hmm. and I gave Bachan the ornament for babysitting, which when they moved out of their home she gave it back to me. I Aww. have that ornament back now. It's really so funny. See. And then I took a picture of Peter and his little shamrock. Oh, and they had socks with shamrocks oh, too. So three pieces, <laughs> his little underwear set. And she's like, Why did you get that? And I said, Well, he's part Irish, you know, heritage too, you know. It's mm-hmm. not all Japanese and we had a big laugh over that. Yeah. 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 But when Peter was born and when Beth was born, they did not have brown eyes. They well, had
0: blue eyes. Yeah, what?
2: Yeah, they both had blue eyes. And Bachan How? said, Bachan said to me right away, our babies don't have blue eyes. And I said, Well, they do now. You better go back.
1: You better go back. I mean, I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. Yeah. For those of you at home, Beth has brown eyes now yeah. and so does her brother yeah.
0: yeah we both have brown eyes but yeah. we were born with blue eyes they were
1: born with blue eyes
0: and my mom has green eyes and so cool. she, i knew that she loved and approved of my husband when she turned to him and said you know i like you even though my grandchildren won't we'll have, have brown eyes <laughs> or they won't have green eyes <laughs> they'll, they'll, have have brown
2: have, brown they'll definitely have brown <laughs> eyes you, you know like whatever so was that,
1: like, when uh, you and Mr. Kevin were getting together, like, was that something you guys were very intentional about? Was the cultural aspects of it because you knew he It was, was so important character. to his family. And yeah. we did,
2: we incorporated um, some family cultural stuff mm-hmm. in the wedding because I had come from, you know, the family situation, which my parents had ended up getting divorced, and it was just kind of hard. So I did mm-hmm. not want to have a big reception wedding and have all this you know like the mother of the bride and i'm going oh i can't do that so we my second family let us have the reception at their house so when
0: you invite one
2: of our family members oh, they all come my gosh <laughs> so it just
0: my, you should probably knew right oh yeah all we knew. of dad's oh, family oh yeah yeah was we knew come. they were all yeah yeah, come. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah and so oh my gosh the funniest thing well so anyways at the reception his aunts did this lovely they had done it at Craig and Lila's wedding, Kevin's uh-huh. brother, who uh-huh. got married six months before we did. So uh-huh. that's aunt and, and, um, and uncle were married. So they had done this beautiful Japanese dance with the kimonos, and it was stunning. And so then they did that, even though we weren't, you know, at this ballroom floor. We were, you know, we went downstairs, we cleared space. It was uh-huh. a finished basement, so we cleared uh-huh. space, and everyone who wanted to see it went down, and we uh-huh. watched the... Um, dance, we had some Asian food and we had some not Asian food, you know. Also, um,
0: so another Japanese tradition is when people get married. Oh, the cranes. You, um, you create this painting and you... Put the Japanese last name on mm-hmm. the canvas, and but instead of painting it in, you fill it in with golden cranes. Ooh. And so the the family members will fold origami cranes. It has with to gold be a thousand. Paper, and it's a thousand, thousand cranes. cranes.
2: The cranes are they they get gold foil origami paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the symbol, like the father of the bride, mm-hmm. in in this family's tradition, was the one who the father of the groom is mm-hmm. the one who did this. The father of the groom um he did the the or i guess the father one of the fathers it doesn't matter so the symbol was the symbol for the word love mm. so when you see that at your dad's house now or they don't have it okay well anyways the, <laughs> well we're divorced you know, yeah. so i mean that's has nothing to do with biracial but yeah. um in in the symbol of the word love and so the, Everyone in the family, for months, we had three weddings in a one-year, one-and-a-half-year yep. period. Whoa, is that yeah. like, yeah. tradition? No, just dad, yeah. his brother six months before us, and then we got married in April and oh, August, a cousin. People. So there were three <laughs> yeah. different people. We needed 3,000 cranes. So every family <laughs> yeah. gathering for about a year and a half we were folding cranes and then wow then the father would put together and frame a huge i mean huge thing mm-hmm. and would put it together. he would put it together so you it, know bachan did that for jichan no jichan did it did he yes he did oh, he adds wow. and he he you know he's an engineer yeah
0: that's It was true.
2: it was precise he of did course. it he measured it out to the eighth so the inch. thousand <laughs> signifies they say in you know the japanese tradition or whatever that the cranes um live a thousand years with only one mate Mm -hmm. and so so that was part of it and that was presented the night before the wedding and then we had you know the food that you know jane and and her friend we made all the food and stuff and and then there were some things people brought Mm -hmm. we had a home reception it was nice but you know what the the biracial component came the awareness came to me Mm -hmm. when the kids it started when Peter was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to your dad at the time, I was shocked because we got literature from um, the local area for minority students. Oh, wow. Because their last name was Japanese-American, mm-hmm. automatically they, they got, you know, if, they, if they, had, they had good grades, so they would always get these things, you know, minority student achievement, and I'm going minority I mean, I just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Jane going, well, you know, I guess they consider, you know, your kids, it's biracial. I'm like, yeah. I don't get that. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think about that. Why don't you think you think about well, it? Well, you Is know, it? Jane had a strong influence on me, mm-hmm. you know, my second mom. And she, uh, she had... Um, people coming in and out of her life all the time, and it just was nothing, you know? Like, she had a Korean student. Mm -hmm. Now she's almost 50, and we're like sisters because she was another one that they sort of, not legally, but sort of brought into the family. She was at the boarding school... Um, at the private school where Jane's kids went, mm-hmm. and she was from Korea. She was 14, had just started there, so now it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This kid's not going home to Seoul, Korea for a four-day weekend. Yeah. So the school called up and said, Can she come? Mm-hmm. I mean, years later, her parents came. They stayed at Jane oh, and wow. John's house. They helped yeah, her get really into funny. school. I mean, they... Had, and Jane and John adopted a Korean girl. Mm-hmm. Their daughter is... she When she was a year and a half old. So, I mean... That, and I don't know, I
1: just... So it sounds like it was just kind of in your world view. Like, it, were, you, were you in a diverse area, too?
2: We we point? didn't have a huge diversity. We had mm-hmm. um, a lot of um, population, African-American, mm-hmm. some Asian, not a ton. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of, I mean, just middle middle class, you know, lower middle class. Blue collar. Blue collar, yeah, we had that. We didn't have a lot of the, in my school it's you know not a lot of the wealthy that was in the other school district that we (laughs) competed against
0: (laughs) so one thing that i'm mindful of is the fact that my kids aren't going to look like me right and they may not even look japanese and i mean we've talked about this before that Mm. people don't even think i look japanese you don't look like me though for Mm. instance mom came to church with me and we both walked through the door at the same time and people i knew were greeting me and whatnot you know, you and know? they just turned to my mom as if she was a visitor and were like oh hi what's your name how did you hear about us mm-hmm. and she pointed at me and said oh that's my daughter and they're like oh my gosh <laughs> and, but like it didn't just immediately register yeah. Oh, no. um, yeah but you were saying how you would tell me growing up how you and um my aunt Leela, who's also hagajin yeah um uh, would take me and peter and our cousins to the park yeah and people would come up to you and be like oh, my gosh, did you adopt these kids from
2: China? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Leela, she's, well, she's hysteric. So I have (laughs) Irish, English, German, Dutch, Scotch, and, like, 1% Scandinavian and some Siberian thing someplace. That's what my ancestry is. And Leela, she's got a lot of strong German background. She's also, like I am, European, but she has a lot of strong German. And so people would often ask her way more frequently than me, because oh, her daughters no. look, I think they look pretty much 100% Japanese. I don't mm. see any Caucasian in them. I, I mean, they both look Asian, but I can,
0: kind of like you and me, like, we can see it when we're standing next to each other, but, like, walking down the street, yeah. people would think, if I was walking next to my cousins, people would think I'm the white one.
2: Yes, mm. because they look mm. way more Asian. I think, look at you, and I see your your grandmother. You you have Bachan's. you have a lot of her features. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we would be together with our kids and more people would approach her, you know, mm-hmm. and she, I remember one time she said, people ask me what agency I adopted them from. And, oh, wow. and my God, they're mine. I had them. And then she says to me, I don't know why your Irish genes were stronger. Your scrawny Irish genes are stronger than my German genes. You know? And I'm
1: like, get over it, you yes. know. <laughs> European competition, it happened there. Yeah. That's funny.
0: I recognize that my kids aren't going to look like me. And like, how do you cope with that? Like, the fact that when you go out in public, people constantly are questioning whether those kids
2: are yours or not. Mm-hmm. Well, when they see you with your husband, they'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're there by yourself, mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. Does that ever bother you? What about you? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking, they're going to be so beautiful. Yes. <laughs> no, because, I mean... It's really funny because when Beth started dating Will, mm-hmm. you know, of course, everything then was, well, you were with, what was her name, your friend in the neighborhood? Morgan. Morgan. Oh, yeah. Morgan Morgan was the worst influence on Beth ever. Don't tell your mom. She's an idiot. Don't tell her anything. Don't tell her anything. <laughs> no, Morgan was the
0: one who told you that I was dating Will. No, I
2: wasn't going to tell you. No, but, but nobody told me that he was African-American. But so Morgan oh. told me <laughs> that he, she, Beth, was dating. So I was being appropriate, I thought, you know, oh, that's nice. Well, tell me about him and what's he like. And I just looked at her face mm-hmm. and I said, is he black? And she said, yes. And I said, cool. And I don't know awesome. if you were, I think she was, I don't know what you were expecting, if there was going to be a reaction. I didn't know. Yeah. So, but I, I don't know what it was. It was like there was something, she just had this look on her face. Mm-hmm. And I just immediately, it didn't even occur to me, it just came out of my mouth. I said, oh, is he black? And she yeah. said, yes. And I go, okay. Yeah. And then she wouldn't introduce me to him because they were afraid I'm a creeper mom, so I had to introduce <laughs> myself to him. You <laughs> are!
0: <laughs> it wasn't because I was ashamed
2: do? of his race. It was because I knew you would embarrass me. Yeah, yeah. so I don't... I, I, I mean, my second mom that passed away, mm-hmm. she told me, she said, you know, what do you think about what their are children? And I said... I can't wait. They're, I don't think they're ready yet. They're in grad school. You know, yeah. it's going to take... We're not ready yet. We want, them to, <laughs> we want them to get through school. It's up to them. You know, the Lord willing, it'll happen. But, you know, I am becoming more aware through Beth talking about it. I remember when you and Will came to visit. Yeah. And you were walking and holding hands in town. Mm-hmm. And you felt like people were scrutinizing you.
0: Yeah, so my mom was in the South. And um, my now husband then boyfriend and I were walking around town just doing a little shopping there was this car we were crossing the street in front of this car and it was a pickup truck which is common down there so we didn't think anything of it Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden um Will turned to me and said do you feel anyone looking at us and I looked at the truck and sure enough the driver was watching us like followed us um with his eyes crossing the street and then we went up a block and the light turned and the car was coming and he was still watching us driving down the street as we were holding hands. And we checked, and like on the back it was like, the South shall rise again, Confederate flag bumper stickers, and like all that stuff. Terrible. Um, But it was something where it was like, you know, we're comfortable with this, but I recognize
2: other people in public aren't comfortable with it. Yeah, and see, that bothered me when I heard that because, you know, you grew up in Northern Virginia, and of course I live in the South now because that's where we retired. Yeah, but so we lived right outside D.C., so I grew up in a very a melting place. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we went to both of our kids' <laughs> high school graduations, we yeah. were the minority, <laughs> because there's yeah. Middle Eastern, there's Asian of every type and flavor, there's mm-hmm. African American. I mean, we Hispanic. were... Hispanic, huge yeah. Hispanic. I mean, we were we were the minority and yeah. we were going, "Oh wait, I see another. There's a Caucasian family. We're not the only ones." Yeah. I like that you
1: were in the crowd like, thinking, "Oh, there's another white family." Or, "Oh, there like, I mean, I'm not like I'm this. not
2: maybe I shouldn't be proud to say that, but we were, we were saying, "Wow, yeah. we're we're really a minority here."
1: Yeah, I do that in crowds sometimes. I'm like, "Where where's the other black people?" Yeah. Or <laughs> sometimes if I'm in an all black crowd, I'm like, "Where's where's the other, another white person?" Just so I can be like, "I got you." Yeah, I'm
2: half. You can't tell. But I'm here. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny when you... I guess you talk about biracial. So funny thing, when I married your dad and we were having the reception at Jane Jane and John's house um, and your dad wanted to make it easy for everyone, so he said, okay, so let's rent some buses and then everyone can get picked up from a bus, you know, like a big bus. Yeah. Like a school bus or some kind of bus. <laughs> and then after, you know... A they charter can bus. Get, right, a charter bus. that We can get them to the church mm-hmm. and then from the church we'll bring them to the neighborhood. I said... We're not going to have a bus drop all the Asians off, basically... With their cameras hanging around their necks no, at the no, bottom no. of the driveway in the neighborhood. I, you know, I said, that's what it's going to look like. It, it's going to look like a tour bus in D.C., you know. Yeah. stop.
1: just a random house. Yeah,
2: so that was probably, I guess, what would you say, uh, prejudicial on my part to say that, you know. But, but well, that's where you're going like, wait a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't prejudicial. It was more you didn't want the
0: neighbors to think that, Jane and John were hosting random tourist attractions for Asian tourists when there were American citizens (laughs) coming for a wedding. Like, what's
2: happening here, you know? So
0: funny. I I get what you're saying when you say, like, you don't think as cognizantly about being a multiracial couple. You are aware of Dad's background and his culture and the fact that he is Japanese and what that means for
2: his family and for raising the kids, like me and Peter... I mean, it was just so to me. I, I mean, the Japanese, the the African American doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. cultural. You can learn so much and share so much. Yes, and your world blows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's been my experience, I guess. And I always that's appreciated beautiful. that because as a kid, I felt. Not as a kid, but
0: growing up, the older I got, sometimes I worried if I showed more of an interest in my Japanese heritage, you would feel like I was picking oh, that never. side
2: of myself over the other. We did St. Patrick's Day. Yeah.
0: We had mixed cuisines at our Absolutely. celebrations. and yeah. I like that you said it's it's about sharing. So it's not one dominates the
2: other. It's not like I have to pick and choose. I can share it. Well, it's integrated. Yeah. You know, and one of the, the blessings I've had in my second marriage, um, my husband travels the world, and um, he's been able to take me to many different places, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just find it fascinating to meet people and, and experience the different cultures. So to me, it's not so much race as mm-hmm. it is, I guess I see it or experience it as culture. Yeah. I don't experience it as race, and I'm not saying that, there isn't that.
1: Mm-hmm. That
2: race is not a huge concern, and has mm-hmm. been and will be. But I, I'm i the kind of person going like, really? I don't kind of get that. Mm-hmm. I like that,
0: because race and culture are so intertwined, but sometimes people separate them so that it's you... On- and we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Like, you only fit a certain racial group if you look that way or if you act a certain way. But I feel... I guess I don't know how to describe it as a feeling, but I celebrate my Japanese heritage through cultural expression, Mm -hmm. through what I cook, through what I display in my home, through how I structure my family, how I interact with my family. Um, And whether or not I've been to Japan or whether or not I speak Japanese or whether or not I look Japanese to someone else Mm -hmm. matters less to me. But I know that I still racially am half Japanese, but culturally I can still experience and celebrate and take part in that.
2: Well, you're very integrated. I mean, I look around your apartment here. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have been married for almost a year. And it's it's, it's like a blend of cultures. It's just, it's mm-hmm. it's eclectic. It's integrated. It's an kind expression of, of who you are and, yeah, you know. yeah.
0: And that's what Leo and I have been talking about, is we don't want to feel like we have to pick and choose our mm-hmm. white side versus our other side or mm-hmm. whatnot. But the fact that we're both and all the time, like, I am not just half Japanese or just half white. Mm-hmm. I am both of those 100% all the time, and that's how I
2: live my life, but that's not how other people are comfortable with me living my life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that the song from South Pacific so sums up racial problems. You've got to be taught to hate and fear. You've got to be taught from year to year. You've got to be carefully taught. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad thing. Mm-hmm. And it's fear yes. of difference. That's the sad thing, and I remember when you guys were kids, I was, you know, I never knew, like, I remember going to Crossgates Mall, and all the kids who were into the gothic, and the punk, and the spiked. I mean, (laughs) and I was so afraid, we're walking in, and there was probably 10 to 12 kids coming out of the mall, Peter was eight, you were five, we're walking into the mall, and I had tried to teach them. It's not good. It's not bad. It's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, we may not like it. It might be harsh looking to us. However, it's different. Yeah. And so I just remember we were walking by them and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get killed. He, he's going to, because <laughs> out of the mouth, ma- he's just going to say something, you know? Yeah. And Peter, we go by and his eyes got big and he looked at me and he said, that's different. I'm like, yep. And we just kept walking. <laughs> yes. But that's what it is. It's like, it's different. Mm-hmm. And different is not. Good or bad. Mm-hmm. Different is different. Yeah. Why can't different be okay? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's and a great and with the racial thing, but mm-hmm. it's out of fear. People, I think a lot of the tension comes from fear, and that's where mm-hmm. a lot of prejudice comes from. And oh, you yeah. are taught that. You yeah. are taught that. Yes. You know? Yeah. I don't think people intentionally want to, but I think that's how it's evolved over all these generations, and it's very sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we sort of haven't had that experience in our family
1: I love what you said about the difference because I feel like that's a great lesson no matter what relationship you're in no matter if it's a biracial relationship or anything like that is amazing that's an amazing way to look at the world because you receive so much more in Mm -hmm. instead of fear puts up walls and keeps people out well what would you say to other because we have so many uh, it's so common now to have multiracial children and Mm -hmm. mixed families and just really any end of this of the spectrum we have now in america so somebody who's like a new mom or a new dad like raising their kids in this world in america right now like what type of advice would you give
2: them i think one of the things this is the thing okay so jane and john adopted their korean daughter Mm -hmm. and i had worked for a boss now at this time their daughter is about she was in probably high school and i'm working for this boss and he had an adopted daughter and then they adopted a son and they were from Russia, and so now she's like in fifth grade, and he and his wife are stressing over how are we going to tell her she's adopted. Hmm. And I and they said, how did Jane do it? And I said, well, the way that it's been explained to me and what I've seen in the family is she's always known she was adopted. From I mean, from the time I mean, she came from Korea, she had to you know learn English at nineteen months and mm-hmm. be exposed to the whole culture change there, mm-hmm. but there was never any. Like, oh, when are we going to tell her? It, it was as natural as breathing. Yeah. You know, I'm adopted. I'm in the family. You know, it, it just was never something to discuss. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, my kids, our kids were growing up, like, how do you teach them to pray? You don't teach them to pray. You just pray. Mm-hmm. You just do stuff. So I guess the advice for any parents, and I, I think Beth is well more aware mm-hmm. of, the aunt what do you call yourself something and both and both and mm-hmm. she's very savvy to that because she's experiencing it like even coming to our house and being on the street that day maybe because i didn't feel like i had to do that i'm not as savvy so you have to be aware of your surrounding you have to be aware of sensitivities of others and a you can't take it personally mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's it can be hurtful but it's not a personal thing wow. it's somebody else's somebody else's inability to experience that kind of love or that kind of reality. Mm -hmm. That's not your stuff. It's her and it's hard. Mm -hmm. Now, her, you know, you and your husband, when you have children, they will want to protect them and they will want to try to keep them. But the world is going to be the world. And so what you do is you just have to, like, everything's as natural as breathing. We just live this way. We just do this and Mm -hmm. we just... You know, they they go to, you know, his family for Thanksgiving, and it's all the southern, the cultural <laughs> collard greens and all that, like, yeah. really, really fun. But yeah. then they go to my house, and then it's very American sort of Thanksgiving menu. And then they go to her dad's side of the family, and, and they have the big nuclear family or the wow. extended family. And everything's, you know, you got all this other stuff. So they just think about that. They get... All three different. Yeah. Instead of yeah. the same, the same, the same. Yeah. And so you don't act like it's a big deal. You just do it. You just mm-hmm. be. You mm-hmm. just do it. So just, just be just, just be yourselves. And and I can't I'm not a counselor. I don't know how to tell people about biracial things is but just be as natural as you can mm-hmm. and don't make a big deal out of something. Just be, you know. Mm-hmm. Just be natural. And know that different is okay. If anything, you want to teach your kids different is okay. Mm-hmm. In everything, not just race or culture, different is okay. Yeah, Their hairstyle, their clothes, the color of their skin, their family traditions, it's cool. Why don't you, you learn something? Yeah. And, you know, you get to share in that kind of stuff. hmm Right? Right. So I think it's fabulous. And also, I have a a bigger awareness of what you need to be cognizant of and what some of the challenges you'll have. Mm -hmm. And yet, her um, husband's mother, oh, my gosh, I hope that we get to do grandma stuff together someday. Oh, I'm I'm sure you will. (laughs) Heck, she's so fun. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. I've certainly learned a lot, and I will take those lessons that you gave us that advice those stories when i have my own kids someday far in the future way off in the future (laughs) um but i think all of that will be so helpful i love just being like different is okay so thank you Mm -hmm. so listeners we want to hear what is your advice that you received from your mothers growing up um if you were part of a multiracial family um or mothers if you're out there what lessons did you pass down to your kids
0: so, you can email us your answers or questions or articles at wearebothand at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at wearebothand. And we look forward to hearing your responses. Thank you all for listening. Let's talk about this together. Thanks to Skipstone Productions, who designed our logo, and our music is by the very talented Keycentric. So, listen to him on Spotify or SoundCloud. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. To listen to more episodes, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just search for Both and Podcast.